0: Well, Dan, you know what time it is. I know what time it is. Because if we're coming to you on a Thursday, it's 1046. I am Guy Adami, joined as always by my dear friend, Dan Nathan. Today's episode is brought to you by our presenting sponsors, Facts at Financial Data and Analytics, powered by Tomorrow and Open Exchange. Dan, they manage virtual meetings that matter. For the top companies around the world, Dan, what are we what are we attempting to do in the next fourteen minutes?
1: Man, we are going to rip through a macro call. We are going to rip. We are going like to rip through uh, a couple single stock Street research calls, and then we always have our one for the road. And this one, we are going to hit. Earnings insight by our friend John Butters over there at FactSet. We get a preview a, a Thursday at ten forty-six. So that's what we're going to do here, guy. You want to start with that macro I'm fired call? Up.
0: I do want to start because this is a guy that we actually we started our careers together <laughs> right after the crash, Dan. But,
1: but, we're, we're, right the the, the the twenty-nine crash, I assume, right? Not, the 1921.
0: So right. Byron Wien, look, he is a legend in our world. He's eighty-eight years old. Morgan Stanley, yep. Blackstone. I mean, he's done the entire thing. He basically came out, reiterated S&P price target of 4500 It's interesting, though. Um, Byron Wien back in January called. And again, you know, but everybody's right. Everybody's wrong. He called for a 20% decline in the S&P 500. I think maybe we've had a 5% pullback at one point. So that really hasn't come to fruition. But he reiterated this 4500 price target on the S&P. Um, he says, look. Inflation is transitory. We'll see if it happens. He's more in my camp. I think that inflation is going to run a little bit hotter, but he also thinks the markets be able to deal with it. He also said, and I'm interested in your view on this. He prefers gold over Bitcoin. So a lot to sort of digest here, Dan. But basically he's calling for about another 5% to the upside here in the market.
1: Yeah, I think this whole transitory thing is going to be really interesting as we get further into the back half of the year, because the big debate is what is the definition of transitory? Are we talking months? Are we talking quarters? Are we talking years? You know, And I listened to what he had to say this week, and you got to listen to a guy like this. He literally has seen every market cycle in the last you know 60 years um, of his career. Um, but I'll just say this. I, I think what he He's saying is okay, we just might have slightly higher structurally, um, you know, high inflation, if you will, right? In that two to three percent range, and we know that the Fed was very eager to get to two percent, which we were unable to do pre pandemic in a meaningful way. I just kind of believe that once we are on the other side of this pandemic, we are going to get back to um, a lot of those kind of normal courses of prices and demand. And, you know, I think things have just gotten a bit offside. So I think we're going to look back and say that this was a, a bit of a punditry transitory Tantrum. The markets uh, don't care, guy. We got that CPI data this morning. ran a little hot, but where is that 10-year US Treasury yield? It's not nowhere. Ripping. It's not it's nowhere. Ripping.
0: No, look, and you're gonna be right. When you say punditry, I know you're aiming that at me because I know you're exercised by my continued hatred no. of the Federal Reserve and the Fe- And I get it. And listen, he said that inflation's gonna run hot, the markets will be able to deal with it. And quite frankly, you look at today in sort of a microcosm, and, and he's right. We'll just see how the entire thing plays out. To answer your question about transitory as we slide it earl to our first chart transitory is whatever suits the the feds basically narrative so they don't know what the answer that question is and here's our first chart and these are fact set charts these are good looking charts you drew the lines they provided the charts but here we are basically today we made a new all-time high in the s&p 500 that uptrend that you drew is intact how do you look at this dan nathan You
1: know, it's really interesting that you started out by saying that Byron had a, you know, 20 percent drawdown call some point early in the year. And I think a lot of investors thought that given the the strength that we saw in November and December, that we might have pulled forward some performance in the markets here. And if you look at those drawdowns that we've seen, you know, they're probably what, four or five percent or so. They're kind of one of the mill little mini corrections there. We've held the uptrend. I mean, guy, I hate to tell you, man, if you took the SPX off that chart, you'd say that's a good looking chart. Yes, in that I last, in that last couple months the consolidation holding that uptrend that had been in place since the lows um, in March. Um, you know, I can see how playing for a breakout makes sense. And if you have rates coming in right now, you get back to that thing. And I, I'm just going to do it, guy, because I know it triggers you. It's Tina. There is no oh. alternative. Where's your money gonna go? Um, So oh. equities, you could see that breakout. And we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks. Now you mentioned this that Byron Wien, the 88-year-old Strategist legend, he prefers gold over Bitcoin. Now, I, I know that probably surprised you a little bit, guy, um, because I know that you and he have probably been <laughs> in the gold pits, you know, for decades and decades. I think there is a big bifurcation between certain uh, age groups of people uh, what they choose to be their store of value. Let's go to this gold <laughs> chart here because, listen, you had a great call on gold. Um, you know that downtrend from the August lows that was pretty nasty, but it came back in a big, big way. It broke that downtrend. I'll just mention this. If you look in and around that level in the GLD that we kind of drew that red line, it's kind of hit some resistance. That's kind yeah. of a long-term resistance level, actually going back all the way to 2011. What's your take on gold? And I'll give it to you on Bitcoin right after yeah, this.
0: I, listen, I'm surprised that gold's not rallying uh- well, there's a lot of time left in the day, but I you know I thought gold would have rallied on that number and we'll see if it comes to fruition later on in the day. But you drew the line and you've actually talked about this. We talk about it on the macro setup. You've drawn similar lines and you said you think you're gonna sort of stall here. And that's what happened. Listen, the dollar has sort of gotten off the mat a bit. Obviously, that stopped, at least for now, the move higher in gold. I mean, we'll see how that plays itself out. I think a lot of the dollar strength, by the way, came on the back of this infrastructure talks between yeah. the Biden administration and Republicans sort of falling apart. We'll see if that comes back at some point. So a lot of things um, to like in terms of your narrative, things are playing out the way you've said, and we'll see. I think gold does test that August high of last year. I think it's going to do it in relatively short order in the back half of this year. But that's what's makes markets, as they say. And it should come as no surprise that Byron Wien likes gold more than Bitcoin, because mm-hmm. we actually you know, the 49ers are named after the 49ers that used to go out there and mine for gold. We were two of those guys back in the day then. And it was a lot. Of- <laughs>
1: all right. All right. Let's get off, Byron, because that guy, again, he is a living legend. And you got to listen to anything that comes out of his mouth about markets here. Let's go to the Bitcoin chart, though. You look at that there. I mean, a lot has gone on year to date in this thing. I mean, that is a, a pretty, pretty epic, epic, um, you know, just run that it had. And then, you know, Obviously, kind of a coincidence, tops out April 16th. That's the day of the uh, Coinbase direct listing IPO. Mm -hmm. We're down about 42% from those levels. I will say this, look at that support level there. That's about 30,000 there. We kind of got to 31,000 about a day or two ago, had a nice bounce. Here we are at 37,000, still below its 200-day moving average. That Um, Horizontal red line. I mean, that is obvious technical resistance. That's about 42,500. We seem to be stuck, man, in that 30,000 to 42,000 range right now. And a break below that support at 30,000, and you start having a lot of new entrants to the crypto market who started to believe all the laser eyes and all the other crap that maybe it isn't the thing that people think it is. And and you know what, guy? I am in your camp. If this thing breaks 30,000 and goes back to 20, you're going to probably have gold headed back. Towards those uh, those highs that you talked about from last yeah, August,
0: I agree with that. I don't think it's coincidence that gold, you know, basically rallied on the back of this. And kudos to Brian Kelly, who was actually when the Coinbase direct listing came out, said you might see a short term top. I'm not sure yeah. he thought it would go trade down to thirty thousand, but he did not mention that. And Carter Worth thinks twenty thousand on the horizon. I think twenty thousand in Bitcoin. I think gold goes north of two thousand. And look. Maybe that is the sort of the straw that makes the broader market sell off. We'll see. But I want to get to our first call here, Dan, yeah. uh, because it's it's the A in your MAGA, com- or one of the A's in your MAGA complex. <laughs> yeah. That's the Amazon. And Bank of America basically reiterates their buy. They said they're, it's poised for a breakout. I mean, and they have a $4,360 price target on it. I think the high on the street that I saw is JMP Securities, according to FactSet, $4,500. But as you pointed out, 48 buys, one hold, no sells. As you've pointed out on Fast Money numerous times, this is a stock that's gone sideways since last July, made an all-time high in September, traded up against it again post this last earnings release, and seemingly have failed. I will tell you that you know the earnings growth is there. Obviously, valuation a concern. There are a lot of levers for them to pull. I actually like this call, and I think they're going to report earnings at the end of July, Dan. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is one where when you look at 48 buys, one hold, no sells, everybody is on the same side of this trade, but the stock has gone sideways. It's pretty much in the middle. I think we have a chart here um, of that nine month range. If you look at it, the 200 day moving average, it just bounced off of. So it just rallied a couple, um, you know, a few percent in the last few days that puts it up two percent on the year. We have a Nasdaq, you know, that's up nine percent. The S&P 500 is up close to 13 percent. What I find really interesting, I think the narrative guy could change really quickly. On July 5th, Amazon for the first time in its existence will have a new CEO, a guy named Andrew Jassy. He has been the one behind their AWS, right? Their cloud computing platform. And I think that that, that whatever he chooses to do early in his tenure is gonna be the thing that probably breaks this stock out of this long range here. So to me, like you said, there's a lot of earnings power. People are a little worried. They always have for 25 years have been worried about valuation. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really seemed to matter here. So I think that this is a company that maybe Bezos has been a distraction. The Washington Post and Blue Origin and his personal life and stuff like that. Maybe this is one where, you know, investors can get down to business. This has been a tremendously innovative company, obviously here. So I think this stock gets bought on pullbacks. And just the thing, we were just saying, guy. the S&P looks like it's ready to party. It looks like it's going to break out, that sort of thing. Just as you think that's about to happen, we know in markets it goes the other way too. Maybe you see a late second quarter push into quarter end here. But as we start contemplating what Q2 earnings look like, and we're going to get them, Pretty quickly in mid-July here and then full year guidance, you might have an opportunity to buy some of your favorite names.
0: Yeah. And I look at this and I think of the great Jerry Rafferty and you'd be like, oh, my God, he's going off the rails again. But of course, Jerry Rafferty, the lead (laughs) singer of Steelers Wheel and the only good song they had. It was actually a lousy song, but it was their one hit stuck in the middle with you clowns to the left of me. That represents the yellow line jokers to the right. That represents the top line. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. And it is stuck. In the middle, in terms of Amazon, Dan. And listen, I'm just warning you folks now. Unless a miracle happens, we're going overtime, which is fine. But I just want to warn you now. Next call, please, Dan, Nathan, because I mean, I know energy is something that's near and dear to your heart, uh, but yeah. Barclays reiterating their overrate on Chevron CVX.
1: Yeah, first things first, guy. I love it that you're just giving the people an opportunity to clear their schedule at 11 a.m. Because wow, we are I'm just going. Trying
0: to I know what you're trying to do. Here,
1: man. Yeah, this is one. I mean, listen, you know, near and dear to my heart. Not really. I mean, this is a, I know. You know. I know. I know. This is one for you, man. Here, the analyst here is saying buybacks are a matter of when, not if. That is the bull case here. We know that there's a lot of trepidation in the investment community right now about whether companies like Chevron that have this ESG target on their back. And we saw what just happened with Exxon with a very small activist investor getting, what, three seats on that board. And so a lot of very smart people, uh, guys, strategists are looking at and say, what are these major, uh, what is the incentive for for these kind of uh, Chevron, these large integrators to continue to invest um, and, and look for new oil if, Right. If they're just literally going to have that target on their back, what's your take there? And is it about buybacks and capital return right now?
0: I think that's part of it. I also think that, you know, these guys like the Chevrons, the Exxons, the conicos they're better suited to sort of endure that type of um, situation than some of these smaller players. I like this call. Look, I mean, 122 gets us back to where we basically broke down from when the world sort of began. At least our markets started to come to an end yeah. back in February of last year. So it just gets us right back there. What I'll say about Chevron is this. They have about 10% EPS growth, trades at 16.5 times forward numbers. I think they report on July 23rd. I'd rather be, to be honest with you, an Exxon, which trades at a cheaper valuation with more EPS growth. And it's worth mentioning since we mentioned one old dude in Byron Wien, we'll mention another old dude in Warren Buffett. You go back, remember, on May 17th, when they filed their 13F, they reduced their stake in Chevron by about 51%. Just something to keep in mind. I think the call is fine. I think that 122 is in the crosshairs in the earnings. But I don't think it's all that sexy a call. I'd rather be in ExxonMobil, Dan, yeah. than in well, we Chevron have- at this point.
1: Yeah, we had a five year chart. I just wanted to pull up here that I thought was kind of interesting. You see where that support is. It's just around a hundred bucks there. You know, that was the long term support that it broke down below um during the, you know, the throes of the pandemic last February, March of twenty twenty. Here you have this consolidation guy. I mean, do you see you think that, you know, 122 you just mentioned that would be a near term target? That, that that'd be a kind of sizable move, what, eight, eight, eight ish percent or so, Um, you know, getting back towards those all-time highs, you'd have to see a tremendous um uptick in growth expectations globally, I would think, to kind of see these large integrateds kind of get back
0: to those multi-year highs. Agreed. And as I mentioned four minutes ago, we are through the top of the hour. All right, so we're there we officially go. No, don't get mad at me. We're officially in overtime. <laughs> but yes, I agree. Look, Again, I don't think you're going to get killed here in Chevron. I think 122 is uh, feasible. I think Exxon's a better play. But I happen to think some of the more levered names are even more interesting. Maybe we'll talk about next week on 10, at 1046. Uh, you want to give me another chart, Dan? You want to sort of go to something? Because I know yeah. you yeah. like this thing. I mean, do- this <laughs> is from our fact set friends.
1: Yeah, let's go one for the road. This is what we're trying to get in before we go to overtime, but we'll do it in overtime here. It's called Running with the Bulls. We know uh, John Butters, who we introduced to our audience last week. He is a senior earnings analyst over at FactSet. He has a tremendous uh, newsletter, comes out Fridays. We get a preview of it. It's called Earnings Insight, so check it out. Here it is. Running with the bulls. He's talking about the most bullish um, analyst expectations or ratings um, by the sectors in the S&P 500. That's not going to come to as a surprise to you all year long. You've been pounding the table um, on energy. You've also liked a lot of big pharma. So in healthcare, obviously, tech and communications, um, you know, look at this. 64% of uh, analysts who cover the energy have buys, 63% in healthcare. Let's look at that XLE chart, Guy. That is the ETF that tracks um, the energy sector. We know that Exxon, Chevron, and Schlumberger make a very large percentage of it, I think close to 40 or 50% or so. Look at that thing. That's a bit of a butte there. Give me give me <coughs> a little color on that XLE chart.
0: Well, that is a clear breakout. I mean, that's that that hungry alligator thing or something. But listen, we're in a very <laughs> defined uptrend. We basically traded through those little bit of a double top that we had. And we're off to the races. How do you trade it? You look for a back and fill, maybe back down to that uptrend line or maybe to the horizontal line. But this is as good as it gets in terms of charts, the looking of charts. This is a good looking charts. And it's. A, I, I want to mention something because I'm all excited about it. We should have mentioned it during the Amazon call. June 21st, Dan, June 21st is uh, Prime Day. I know myself, you know, I, I, I'm a big buyer of things on the interweb. On the line, as they say, you are I'm not right in front of my computer. You are at, not, you know, 1159 p.m. On the 20th.
1: You know, June 21st is also the summer solstice guy. Sure, I, don't, yes. I don't even know what to say about that. And listen, I don't like the fact that Amazon is doing this Prime Day in the middle of June or towards the end. It just seems odd to me, um, you know, and, and I've never heard of anyone buying anything on Amazon Prime. It's not like you're rushing in there to get your um, those hot, hot items, you know, pre-Christmas or something like that. I, I just don't I don't get it. So whatever. Um, all right. Let's go to the next one, though, real quickly. Um, the XLV. This is the healthcare select ETF a lot of big pharma in there. You're also been a big, uh, big fan of big pharma. I would just say this. you know, I don't know if you caught this headline in the last day or so. The Biden administration is buying 500 million more doses for the, the COVID-19 vaccine that they're going to distribute to some poorer nations. I mean, that has kind of been a bull case for some of those big pharma names. It's clearly helping Pfizer, which is a big holding in the XLV. Uh, Pfizer, about 40 bucks, guy. I know that you have been a seller in the low 40s in the instances. It's got an above the there on vaccine news. What do you do with the XLB here?
0: Look, I like it. I think Big Cap Pharma is still the place you want to be. This is actually as good looking as it gets in terms of yeah. charts. You broke through that level. You're still in this very defined uptrend. Eli Lilly breaking out to the upside. You're right about Pfizer. It's not, I'm not casting aspersions in Pfizer, but if you remember the peak of new when the best news came out for Pfizer, it traded up to 43 and a half. I remember you and I talking about it on Fast Money that evening. Then it spent the next three and a half months trading down to 36 and a half and doing nothing for a while. Moderna's been breaking out. Obviously, you saw the news out of Biogen. There's a lot to like here in Big Cap Pharma. Um, And I do like it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think there are other people that have come to that realization as well. And that's a very good looking chart as we go to our summary page. Dan, Nathan, you want to do it or you want me to do it?
1: Let's do it here. Let's talk about Byron. And listen, again, Byron Wien, legend. Um, you know, he didn't have that first half call right, but he's being a little bit steadfast on his breakout rally here. He's calling 4,500. We're at what, 4,230 or something like that. I mean, we could be there in a matter of weeks. And then the question is, what do you do there in a runaway breakout in the broad market here, especially as, you know, the further we get away from the pandemic, the likelihood of a taper um, and then obviously normalizing interest rates comes. That's the thing that spooks the market now next i suspect guy take us out on the other stuff here because you had a lot to say there
0: well listen i mean it's a fascinating day we're going to see how this market closes obviously I had that big move to the upside sort of yeah. giving some back as we've been doing uh at ten forty six for you folks i'm interested to see a couple of things where do rates go in the form of the tlt and where does the vix close today dan nathan both interesting things that's what i'm watching i do like the amazon call i favor exxon over chevron I love Byron Wien. Hopefully I'll see him for our Denny's Blue Plate special very soon. <laughs> and I also want to thank our sponsors. So give me that sponsor page, William Mike Camino. Today's episode has been brought to you by our <laughs> presenting sponsors, FactSet, financial data and analytics powered by tomorrow. And of course, Open Exchange, Dan, they manage virtual meetings that matter for the top companies around the world. Say what you got to say on the way out.
1: Yeah, thanks to FactSet. Thanks to Open Exchange. And we will see you next Thursday at what time, guy?
0: 1046.
1: All right, see you buddy. <laughs>